So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta? And welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Xor. And today, guys, I'm super pumped up. Um, it's not every day. Um, I, I do a lot of work with different coaches, different trainers, different healthcare professionals in the area. And it's not every day that I walk away from an initial conversation and like super impressed um, with the professionalism, the knowledge, the skill set. Um, and the guest that we have on today definitely hits that note. We've got Bo Stanzel with us. He's the founder um, and owner of Stanzel Fitness. Um, he's a, as a certified strength conditioning specialist, so he is a true strength coach as well as a personal trainer. He wraps nutrition into it to his full package. And, uh, guys, that's a big deal because it's, uh, like to have that CSCS, that is the highest standard typically within the, uh, strength and conditioning world from a uh, certification process. So it's the only one that's required to have a degree with. It's really, uh, it's a huge differentiator between in the industry. Um, so to have both of those and have kind of this complete package as well as a pretty level head on them, um, I can't wait to get him on here and, and just let him uh, give us a little bit more knowledge and background on what he does. So without further ado, Bo, man, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, dude, I'm super pumped up to have you on. I think, uh, you know, like I've I've heard of you, um, you know, I've had a lot of like uh, clients use you in the past. And um, so I'm, I was super pumped up when we were able to finally meet and then like, oh my gosh, I got to get this guy in the podcast when we, uh, when we were having this conversation. So uh, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm really excited after that initial conversation, man. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so dude, lay it on me. So like, uh, what, like, what is Stanzel Fitness? Um, or is it Stanzel Fitness? Stanzel Fit? Which one? Just just fit, man. Just you know? fit. All right. You can, you can call it whatever you want. The service yeah. is the same regardless. Yeah, yeah. What's the background on it? What's your MO? <clears throat> yeah, so I mean... The, the business side of things has been relatively recent. You know, I basically was, so I work out of a gym called The Training Room in Atlanta. It's right off the Beltline in the kind of Ponce Highlands area. The, you know, I created the business for myself and, you know, I had somebody that does branding help me with it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's basically just designed to create like this, you know, packaged brand for me that, you know, from which I can operate. But, you know, I've been training for over 15 years, I think at this point. And, you know, I was in Athens and then I moved to Atlanta and I've been at the gym I'm at for a little over seven years now. And, you know, the business side of things is relatively recent, but I decided that, you know, if I want to be taken seriously, I got to be a little bit more professional and, you know, yeah. create an experience that I guess gives people an idea of like the kind of value that I bring. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think like, um, you know, that, that many years in the industry, you've seen, you've seen some, uh, trends kind of come and go right you see some fans oh, kind, of, kind of like a oh, hang out. yes and uh so like what is what is some of your like uh like what's your training philosophy behind stanzel fit man like what do you um what do you what do you care about with your with your clients i mean i think first and foremost everything is built upon integrity so you know i'm i'm a truth seeker always have been so basically everything in my business is built around that 
And, you know, I, I even, you know, even when I'm posting stuff to social media, I'm, I'm a like fact check absolutely every single thing that I put out onto the internet and, you know, into the world and the things that I tell my clients. So I guess, you know, honesty and just making sure that my clients, I impart the knowledge that I have onto my clients and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting anybody, you know, I want to make sure that, that they, uh, you know, can trust what I'm telling them. And so like, that's kind of what the brand is built around. I guess if you could want to talk about my training philosophy, it's more along the traditional strength training route. So my goal is first and foremost to make my clients strong and to make them capable to basically do whatever life throws at them, whether, you know, sometimes I have people that are really active and, you know, they do more athletic endeavors. And then, you know, I have some older folks that basically just want to do, you know, daily activities of living, stuff like that. Um, Regardless, I want to make people strong. Obviously, I want to make them look good as well. You know, the bigger goals that people have when they come to me. Um, But it's just, you know, honest, no nonsense, no BS training. And uh, it's all, you know, evidence based. So everything I do is is founded in some kind of like, you know, scientific, you know. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I love that. And I think what's really interesting, too, is like, you know, a lot of times like that, uh, the vanity goal of fitness, which is real. And, you, you know, like a lot of times like that is a goal and that should be a goal if that's if that's what you care about. Right. Like um, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that being a goal. Right. I do think yeah. like our society kind of swings and pendulums pretty, pretty strongly in a lot of areas, especially health, wellness and fitness. Um, yeah. And like here recently, it's been all about like, you know, it's for your mental health and it's for all the, you know, it's for your, and yeah. it is right. But it's almost like gotten to the point where it's like, uh, um, it's like we're bad to have a, a aesthetic goal, right? <laughs> Dude, ab- absolutely, man. I, yeah. I was just talking about this with somebody for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's strange, right? Like, I, like it's okay to want to look good. Like, bro, that's fine. Like, and typically you take care of the things that we care about as healthcare professionals and fitness professionals. And like, you get what you want, right? Like, yeah. um, exactly. and it's just managing, like, um, it's just, uh, there, it's, it's a lot of things that are simple, not easy to handle on a daily basis. Right. But um, you know, it's wild. There's things like, um, you know, daily stresses, having kids, like, uh, there's a lot of different things like running and owning businesses, right? Like there's a lot of reasons that, um, that your fitness can kind of fall off the track. What are some of the normal reasons why someone would want to come and like work? What is some of the biggest things that people want to work with a personal trainer for? Um, you know, I think one of the reasons someone like yourself, right? There, say that again. Sorry. I'm sorry. I said, especially someone like yourself, right? Like what, what are some of the bigger things that you'll see coming in? Yeah. So, I mean, most, I mean, God, there's any, you know, this, there's any variety of reasons that people might start personal training, but I think the two biggest, uh, I guess, feathers in the cap of, of personal training and why people might hire personal trainers is um, it creates an implementation intention. So if you're training with somebody in person, and if any of you, you know, haven't read James Clear's Atomic Habits book, you definitely should. Um, but he talks about implementation intentions. And a lot of the reason that people don't work out is because there's too much ambiguity surrounding when they're supposed to be working out. So if you don't have like a dedicated time and plan and you don't protect it like crazy, then a lot of times the workout doesn't get done. You know, life gets crazy, it gets chaotic. Things start, you know, getting prioritized over working out. Um, So personal training, basically, when you set up in-person training, you're saying, hey, at this time um, on this day, I'm going to be training with this person. And, you know, that's a, that, that small little impact makes a huge difference, especially when you have somebody that gets very disappointed when you're not showing up. Yeah. And then, so the other side of that is that it's also, you know, another, another principle from Clear's book is it's also a commitment device. So people are investing money 
and you know setting up times and like i said they're developing this rapport with me so if they don't show up they're losing money and they're also disappointing a human being by not mm -hmm. showing up to these in-person sessions ah, man. And, yeah. i mean and there's there's a ton of there's a host of other benefits i mean one like when my clients come in to train with me, they're not competing with anybody else for equipment or anything like that. They have a dedicated workout they're supposed to be doing. They have a spotter that knows what they're doing. They have somebody that can adapt the workout, um, which they may not necessarily know how to do on their own. Yep. Um, and they, yeah, like I said, they can, they get to do their workout unimpeded. And they also have somebody that's going to push them to do workouts that are significantly more effective than anything they're going to do on their own. So it essentially just fast tracks results. You know, because you have somebody that knows what they're doing and then they're going to push you to do more than you normally would. Yeah. Well, I think that even that last piece is, is pretty crucial too. It's like, um, you know, like it's a lot easier to push yourself a little bit harder when like there's somebody watching you, right? <laughs> Versus like, I'll take a little bit longer on this rest period, right? Or like, yeah. man, that felt heavy enough. I'm all right, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, uh, exactly. Um, that, and that it is interesting, the idea of like to, because um, I totally agree, man, like the... Uh, the accountability piece is huge, right? Like um, in most things in life, I would say, mostly uh, people have the knowledge of hitting the goal that they want to hit, right? Um, right? Especially when it comes to something like fitness. Um, you know, internet's out there, chat GPT's here, right? Like, I mean, the internet, right. the information's there, right? Yeah, we're going to be supplanted, man. You know, chat GPT's out there, you know, we're yeah. our day's numbered, man. <laughs> man, well, I'll tell you what, I think what, I think what is super interesting about that is um, for sure. You can go and get on chat GPT, chat GPT right now. I was just playing around with it with a client the other day where it's like, all right, write me a, a nutrition plan that has 2000 calories a day, uh, maintains these macros, but I really like to eat cookies. Right. And then right. it's like, Ooh, make it a little, make it a, you only gave me three options, make it seven options. Right. Like, I mean, like it's, it's wild. Right. So like, and it's, it's great. It out it's like great that. Tool. <laughs> I'll tell you what though. Um, what chat GTP or what, uh, like what the internet can't do, what humans actually really struggle with, right. Is the accountability side of things. So like, um, you had, you know what to do, um, for the most part, right. Like the information out there, our role is more or less an information clarifier instead of a giver now. Um, yeah. and then allowing, and then setting the plan for you to, um, be successful and then making sure you execute the plan. And that last piece is so crucial, right. right. Uh, cause a lot of people will, if it's just on their own, like, you know, fall off the track or, you know, they've been in that game before, right? Like uh, they've yeah. probably tried doing things on their own before, before coming to someone like you or definitely before they come to someone like me, like um, they've done the things that they think they know to do, which is they're probably like 90% of the, uh, of the way there. They just need help with that final 10% and a little bit of accountability too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it used to be, you know, like in the early, early days of fitness, it was, it, there really was a problem where you, there wasn't enough information. You simply didn't have the answers to the questions that you had. Now there's almost too much information. And now you need to pay professionals to help you separate the wheat from the chaff, you know? And that's part of my job is basically telling people not just what to know, because that information is already out there. It's telling them what they can safely ignore as well. Yep. Oof. Yeah. That's super important to you because like, I mean, like we kind of alluded to earlier, there's all kinds of like fads, there's trends, there's like, um, especially like the a main consuming, uh, a main place to consume information right now is on social media, right? And that's not always great because to be seen in social, to get clicks, get views, get whatever, like, well, one, you probably got to be paying to play quite a bit. Um, but then two, um, man, you got you to gotta stand out somehow. And like the found the fundamentals and the things that we know work don't stand out, right? Like they're not super sexy, right? Like they're not like, they're not going to look super cool. 
um, on a social media piece. They're not going to catch your eye necessarily, right? Like how many videos of somebody like doing a squat does it take for someone to like, be like, all right, I know, I get it, right? Like yeah. uh, you're just not yeah. going to stand out, right? So um, a lot of times the information that does stick out to people, it's like bold claims. It's like out, it's like borderline outlandish claims or um, it's just bad information. It's like trying to like take a stance against the norm, which sometimes it's good. Like I get it, right? Like I understand like we need to, like that's how we progress, but man, there's a lot of stuff that gets brought up. That's just like, what, what are we talking about right now? Right. Yeah. Well, for instance, you know, we, we, I think we talked about this in our, in our other conversation where a lot of these, like, um, like the biohacker guys, Oh yeah. You, they basically have created an identity around being like cutting edge thinkers or contrarians or, you know, iconoclasts. And so their, <laughs> their whole entire identity is built around challenging the like status quo. Yep. And so the problem, the problem with that though, is that eventually like you, you, take smaller and smaller effects and then you just have to start over generalizing them because you know there's only so much to find there if you're always looking to find something that goes against the grain like you're going to start finding getting effects from smaller and smaller um you know yep. uh data and <laughs> it's it's then you get to a point where you start engaging in pareidolia where you know you start actually seeing um a signal when it isn't actually there yep. you know Yep. And, you know, I think we talked about this too, but like, right, I made a post about this recently. What makes a good uh, fitness influencer or what makes a good, uh, somebody really good on social media does, is not the same skill set that makes somebody a good trainer or coach. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. just because somebody is popular does not mean that they are going to help you get what you want. Yeah. And it's typically like inverted, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Um, like if you're spending so much time trying to figure out like how to get like clicks and views and popularity on social media, you're probably not spending a lot of time, uh, with like your, like your ear to the ground, right. Or like your feet yeah. on the ground or like, uh, are you, are you working, like, are you working with clients or are you spending yeah. all day filming stuff? Yeah. Right. Right. And like, dude, I get it. Right. Like you can do all the different like blocking techniques that you want where it's like, you know, I do like, I spend all day on like Sunday morning. I spend all like half a day Sunday, like filling out videos and I have a system that drips it out through the week and da, 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 Right. And I get it. But like to a point, man, like um, if all, all you're seeing is somebody just like post online of themselves working out, right? It's like, where are your fucking clients at, right? Yeah, or like, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, like how many times have you really done this with anybody, right? Because like there's a huge difference between, and I think this is where, I think this is what's tricky with healthcare and fitness. I group healthcare and fitness in, in the same umbrella because they are one and the same, right? Um, right? I think like almost what i would almost argue is that like fitness and is is more is more healthcare and healthcare is more sick care um in, in the traditional yeah. sense yeah. um but the the issue with healthcare and what some of the things that makes it so difficult there's a couple things um one uh as humans like while there are we are uh from an anatomical and physiological standpoint there are similarities between us right and there's and we're very there's differences from one human to the next, right? So like, it's really tough to um, have these huge randomized control trials and get like definitive solid answers from it, right? And that's just the world. Like the world is a lot more gray than what we try to make it to be. Even if like, like what we perceive to be black and white studies. Like, I mean, the thing about back in the day, when, like the whole thing was like, can't let your knees get past your toes. It's horrible for your knees, right? That felt yeah. like very black and white. Until yeah. it wasn't right. Until I was like, "What are we talking about?" Like, uh, and I then they believe that. I mean, I still get clients that that believe their knees are going to actually explode if they yeah. move beyond their toes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Right, that or like how how about like um like uh you know 
speaking with a uh, broad stroke here, but like women feel like they're going to feel like bulky if they touch a, yeah. if they touch any type of iron, right? Like, yeah. or steel, like, uh, it's not going to happen. I promise you. There's a lot of dudes out there that spend a lot of time trying to get bulky. And yeah, I would love, I would, lo- I would love those genetics. Like, please, <laughs> yeah, you right? just walk into a gym and blow up, man. That would be fantastic. Sure. Even something as simple as icing after an injury, right? Like that feels yeah. very like, oh yeah, that makes sense, right? We should ice our ice it down, and that's been redacted, right? Like, um, yeah. so like science is constantly evolving, it's constantly changing, and then like humans try to play catch up all the time, right? Right. Um, but then I think what's really interesting, I love what you do too. Um, and is so like, uh, we work with a number of members from the CDC, um, with, uh, with what we do being right in Decatur. Right. Um, and uh, get some really cool information and talking to this guy or to this gentleman. And, you know, he's, he's in a pretty influential, uh, position with, within the CDC, but we were talking about, um, strength training in particular, right. And how it's been in the healthcare space. It's been very well documented. Like, you know, you need like, you know, 60 minutes a day of, or, you know, 120 minutes a week or 150 minutes a week of uh, cardiovascular activity, right? Um, a moderate, moderate, uh, moderate level activity, right? And, um, but strength training has always been ignored in like the whole realm of like he- healthiness, right? And like healthcare. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because that's just, it's very inaccurate, right? It's, it's only like half the picture. And when I was talking to him about, I was like, can you lay this on me a little bit, right? Like you're like, why, you know? And it's it's very simply like uh, one, it's very hard to control for those studies. Like what it's very hard to define even on that level. Like what is strength training, right? Like um, it's very easy to say like, oh, we just need your heart rate to be at this, at this many beats per minute based off of like, um, or I need you to be in like zone two cardio for 180 minutes a week, right? Like that's very blank. That's very black and white. That's easy to tell someone, right? Because then that means something different to everybody else, but the variables are the same versus like, what is strength training? Is it twice a week? Is it three times a week? Is it four times a week? Which one uh, do we need to have a full body workout or is it an upper and a lower, right? Like, yeah. does it need to be all compound less or does somebody get on leg extension machine count as strength training, right? Like, um, what, what, uh, what is strength training exactly? So like, but what's really interesting is there's a big push right now within like policymakers to start including like strength training um, in the definitions of healthcare, and I think we're going to see some pretty big changes on that. So I love that your focus is on strength and conditioning, or is on strength training for your athletes and for your people because um, it is such a huge piece of health and wellness, right? Like um, if we want, if you're a runner, and, and like I don't want to just say that like. Um, uh, and again, pendulum swings all the time, right? I see this a lot in my space as a physical therapist right now, where it's like, can't go wrong getting strong, right? Like everything is like the fault of it is strength training, right? Like, or is yeah. that you're not yeah. strong enough, right? Like yeah. um, just got to strengthen it. And I'm like, I don't know, man, like this dude hits quite a bit or this dude can like squat like 650 pounds. I don't think he needs to get like, I don't know if this yeah. is a strength issue in his quads, yeah. right? Probably not the bottleneck here. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like with health, like we can't ignore some of the other things. So like, um, when you work with someone, what is a typical, what do you typically look at in those first initial like sessions? Like, what are you, um, what are you thinking about? And like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to evaluate? What's your process look like? So, I mean, obviously I can look at things from a holistic standpoint, you know, if they're talking to me about their habits and their nutrition and all that stuff, I can, I can usually take a look at that and be like, all right, you know, this is maybe an area that we need to investigate further and maybe do, you know, make some fixes for, but because typically they're coming to see me in the gym and I'm 
typically trying to make them stronger or help them build muscle. I usually, I like to look at how people move, obviously, because movement is going to underpin, you know, everything that we do uh, moving forward. But I'm also not the kind of person that's going to uh, limit somebody because their movement isn't perfect. I mean, part of the learning process is it, like strength training and learning can happen at the same time. I think a lot of people mistakenly believe that somebody has to move perfectly before they can load, load them. And like, I don't believe that. I, I think that that kind of comes, that's part and parcel of the learning process. It's like getting stronger and, and moving better can happen at the same time. Now, obviously if somebody's is presenting a movement pattern that's just so, you know, far away from like a traditional movement pattern that I think might cause problems. Obviously, yeah, I'm gonna make some modifications there, but I'm a lot more of a, um, a nihilist is not the right word, but I have a lot bigger bandwidth or a lot more uh, leeway for new people. Like they're gonna learn the movement. I don't expect them to be good at something that they've never done. Right. So I look at how they move. And then based on that, I have sort of a threshold for what I deem to be an acceptable movement. And, and then I load them and get them stronger. Like my process is not, I don't do really elaborate movement screens or anything like that. You know, I know a lot of coaches really rely on those. I, yep. I didn't really find a lot of value in them because I'm always, I'm always screening people while they're moving and while they're getting stronger. So I figure you might as well get what you came for while we're also uh, assessing at the same time. Yeah. So. I love that, man. You know, and like, and I totally agree. It's like, um, there's a lot of like unintentional fear mongering in health and wellness, right? Like I do think it comes from a, I do think it comes from a place of good intentions. Right. But like, dude, like you could pick my squad apart easily. Right. Like I'm sure I could find movement faults in your deadlift. Right. Like I'm sh like, and these are simple movements, right? Like um, I'm sure like, you know, like any patient that comes in, like we can find something that's wrong. Right. But it's such yeah. comes into like, um, uh, is do we think that that's something that's contributing to an issue or not? Right. And then, yeah. um, and it's really interesting too, because like, uh, like you wouldn't take someone who's just like learning how to play basketball for the first time. Right. And like, right. uh, they're, you know, their elbows not in the right position or like they can't, their dribbling technique isn't up to like a pro standards. Right. Like you can't play basketball until you learn how to dribble. Like, I mean, yeah. like, you, what what you, like they're learning. Learning. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like we learned like these concepts are so intuitive. Like, um, like I remember I was I was uh just working a little bit on some like uh some simple boxing techniques with uh with a buddy of mine who's a who's a pretty legit boxer. And uh I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. And he was uh and you know, he's a coach at heart, so he was like I was like trying to figure out like what I was doing wrong. He's like, Jake man, I just need to hit this fucking bag. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. like I yeah. just get some reps and hit in this bag and then we'll talk about some things, but just get used to punching this thing. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like part of So part of the learning process, isn't it? What kind of annoys me is that like, look, part of you need to be doing things incorrectly because yep. course correction is the vital part of the learning process. So if you're yeah. constantly forcing people to do things perfectly all the time and like, you're also not a, like a, um, you know, puppet you know people focusing on these individual moving pieces it's like dude like that's not how that's not how movement is coordinated you know it's, yeah. it's one of the reasons why i like the you know external cueing stuff too because i think sometimes giving people too many internal cues can cause them to hyper fixate on the like on the moving piece um yep. you know look at it as opposed to just like okay this is like this is how i want you to focus on moving moving as a whole yep oh my gosh yeah man like sometimes when people come by the time they get to us like they're just like so in their head. Like they're like uh like I was working with this one guy, this one gentleman, 
who um is is an awesome dude he's he's a physician um so like he almost like knows a little too much sometimes right because like yeah. uh he's super dialed in but like um you know he, he's not an ortho he's not an orthopedic right so like yeah. he's got so many other things on his mind that like the musculoskeletal system is a little bit on the on the back burner right so we help him out a ton with that but he's also very analytical and super intelligent right so he gets like in his head right and yeah. um we we he got to the point. I was like, I don't even I don't, I don't even know how to squat anymore. I don't even know how to, like I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah, right? And I'm yeah. like, I just keep going back the layers of like you know I'm uh, things are so yeah exactly. Yeah, he's like I don't know if my hips rotating modular. Too yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I was like, all right, man. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go get some. Uh, what feels? What do you think would feel heavy to you? Right? And then yeah. uh, we're just gonna have you go squat down to this freaking bench. Right? And that's all. Like, just give you a little cue. Just squat, man. Just like. Yeah. And like, we started at that. And then like, eventually I started like loading up weights out. They were like different, uh, you know, I was using change plates instead of regular weights. I was doing like all these different things where like, he didn't really know how much weight he was lifting. Right. right. I was like, right. just hit five pounds or five reps, hit five reps, hit five reps, whenever you're ready. Right. And by the end of it, he had hit weight that he had never thought that he would even hit like touch. Right. And it was like, and it was easy for him. Right. And like, um, just got to kind of got kind of get in our heads sometimes. And yeah, I'm um, thinking so much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a squat, right? Like, yeah, uh, exactly. and like, and honestly, like if you don't feel comfortable doing a barbell back squat, fine. Like there's, what's your intention? Are you trying to be a, uh, are you trying to be a, um, like a power lifter? Right. Cause if you're trying to be like, if you're trying to go compete in powerlifting, you need to know how to back squat, right? That's part of the right. sport. Right. Right. Um, but if you're trying to get strong, like, bro, there's plenty of things we can do to get you strong. Right. Like, um, if you don't feel comfortable with the back squat, what's it look like if we do a Bulgarian? What's it feel like if we do a front squat? What's it feel like if we, you know, do a number of different things? Let's get a safety bar. Let's have a regular bar on you, right? Like, let's do like all these different things that we can do to get your legs strong. Um, and you know, maybe we'll come back to that back squat and we'll see some changes that have happened in the process. Yeah. I mean, really it's just about finding the entry point, you know, as long as you can find that, that one thing that gets them in there and gets them moving and makes them feel confident. I mean, in a lot of ways, like you said, that's where the, the psychological component of personal training is so important because, you can't try to, you know, if you constantly are trying to fit the exact same exercises to people, you're completely ignoring uh, ignoring the psychological component. Sure. Some people are going to have negative beliefs around certain exercises. And so you're you're going to have to use a different exercise. And it's, yeah. it doesn't mean that, you know, like you can't come back to that, but you have got to have them build confidence. And that means finding an entry point that then you can build upon. But if you try to immediately go to a back squat and they have negative thoughts around it, you're not going to build buy-in and they're not going to want to train with you. So you it's haven't not earned the trust for that yet, right? Which, which yeah. kind of makes sense. It'd be like if you came in, I don't know, you're training for a triathlon. You're like, oh, dude, I'm like terrified of swimming. It's like, sweet. Well, we're going to do like, we've got like repeat 100s on the on deck today. You're like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't care. We're This is this is the program. So you're doing it. I don't care yeah. what you're are yeah yeah you might get some people that are gonna be okay with that but that's not the, that's not the norm right like that's Which not i like, trust you like yeah yeah but you know if you if you've worked with the person long enough and you've earned the right and like if you truly think they need to know how to do some of these things then like sure right but like i always kind of come back to why right because a lot of people especially in adult-based fitness like um like when you're training for like a sport right you're growing up you're in college high school whatever um it's uh there's very there's a goal right like i'm getting i'm getting strong for my sport right um or there's a reason behind it and when you're in life like kind of lose that a little bit right and then you get like and then you get like you're in your own head you're on social media all the time you see people doing all these different movements you're like oh i should be able to do these things or like um but you know 
you don't have to, right? It's a lot like uh, like bench press. Like a lot of people don't like uh, like people don't like bench press because it hurts their shoulders or whatever, right? Or like um, they don't like uh, like they don't know where to, where, what to do with it, right? Or whatever. Like uh, cool. Well, there's other things we can do. Like we can do push-ups. We can do other forms of our body strength, right? Like um, yeah, there, yeah, there are no rules. Right. There are no must-do exercises. Like people really need to understand that. Is your is your goal to is your goal the metric? Is to, is it to do the exercise or is it to to get you what the exercise is supposed to be getting you? Yeah. Because if that's the case, then there's a you know a lot of different ways to to do that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like uh, exercise movements are human made, right? So like yeah. it's it's not like we were we were coming out of the womb doing barbell back squats, right? Like. Uh, it's a natural movement. I mean, if you think about it, like humans have never, yeah, evolutionarily, when have we ever like been designed to put, you know, 400 pounds on our back and squat down with it? And like, for sure. And a very like structured way, right? Like, oh yeah. my God. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, it is different. Like if you want to treat it as a sport, there's a difference to that, right? Like if you want, if you're just trying to get strong though, there's a million different things. And like, uh, and I'll honestly see it a little bit on the, on the flip side where like people have been taught like so or like they've been so coached up on like keeping a straight back and like keeping everything super tight that they like almost can't they can definitely flex and but like there's so much fear around it right that like yeah. uh like all of a sudden like they, they can't do it or like we see a lot of like um back tension happen or like lower back lower back uh just stress tension that happens that ends up leading to lower back pain because like they just can't turn it off right um yeah. and it is super interesting to see that and i also think it's really interesting on the flip side of that too how many people think that like, oh, I can't activate my glutes, right? Or like, I can't, right. I'm like, oh, man, you can totally activate these things, right? Yeah. Like there's let's, just- Let's like, have you do an exercise where you have no choice but to use your glutes and take yeah. a different gear. I guarantee you, you can activate your glutes. For sure, man. And like, uh, but I, I love to use the external cueing though, because it does kind of come back to like, words words matter, right? Like words, oh, yeah, words, do. words are important. And um, when you say like, oh, you should really be feeling this in your glutes. Well, like, if someone's a little bit more quad dominant, they don't feel in their glutes. Now all of a sudden they don't feel like their glutes are turning on. Right. And now that's yeah. a, and now that's something that they carry with them forever. You know, <laughs> um, it's yeah. super, it's, it's super tough to like, uh, it's tough to unhear things or unlearn things. Right. So like, yeah. um, by the time somebody comes to some, a professional like yourself, I'm sure there's plenty of like, just poor or like just, um, inappropriate, um, or inaccurate thought processes that go on. And you know that right out of the gate, but like, you got to earn the right to be able to like kind of break the mold on some of those thought processes too. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think the other big thing is that a lot of people, and this is why another, you're talking about language being important. I feel like a lot of people come to me having had um, negative thoughts around their like health or like bodies or fragility instilled in them by other healthcare professionals. There's yeah. nothing more annoying to me than having to tell someone, Hey, like just because like something is hurting or because like, it doesn't mean you're broken. You're not broken. This is, but there's so many healthcare professionals are really reckless in the language that they use with people. And they were like, Oh yeah, you're, you're never going to be able to run again. You're never going to be able to walk again. It's like, what? Like, yeah. Why are we, you, why are you telling people this? Like, yeah. Cause there is a little bit of a self-fulfilling aspect of that. I mean, when you tell them that they're going to believe it because you're a professional and they take yeah. what you say seriously. Yeah. So, let's maybe like change the change the language a little bit around you know how people approach this oh like God. you're not like a car that's going to you know people are like oh, i'm a car that's more it's wearing down and broken down i'm like 
cars aren't regenerative, you know, like human <laughs> bodies are, <laughs> yeah. the analogy is like, there's some similarities, but it's obviously not the exact same thing when you're talking about living tissue, you know? Right. Oh my gosh. That's so that's that. Yeah. Uh, I love like, you know, healthcare providers are reckless with their language. You're spot on with that. They, they totally are right. Like I'll never forget. I'll never forget being like 14, having my first knee surgery. Cause back in like the early two thousands, like that's just like when things happened where like, you're just like, Oh, little, little Nick in your meniscus surgery. Right. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, Got to cut you up. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, but then the doc tell me, he was like this old school doc. He was like, tell me like, I'm never going to squat again. I'm 14. Right. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, I'm not, all right. Thankfully I was just I like, that. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I just ignored him. Cause that, that's what teenagers yeah. do. But okay. um, yeah. yeah, but like, it's uh we get people like that all the time, man. It's like, uh, well, I can't, uh, I can't do this because um, I've got arthritis in my knee. Right. Or like, uh, I can't do, I can't do pull-ups because I've got impingement. Right. And it's like, maybe at one point you did. And even if you do like, yeah. you know, like, um, but I love that. And I love yeah. that you, that you brought up the, the fact that like humans are so much more complex than machinery, right. Because we do regenerate and like, we're constantly evolving. Right. Like, even our bones, our bones constantly change. Like uh, if there's this principle called Wolf's Law, right? And if you load a bone up in a certain way, then like it's going to change to meet the demands of that load, right? Um, so I love that uh, you bring that up to people because I think it's a little bit, uh, there's some simplicity and like, and, and like you're, you know, uh, the best way to to connect or, or relay information typically is with storytelling, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so like, if you can tell the story of like, um, oh, well, you know how you, you, you have a car that has uh, warning lights that come on, right? Like we've all had to change the tires on our car. Like this, you're like a car with it. So I understand the thought process, but I also totally agree with you from the fact that um, it's not that simple, right? Like it's, it's if we are way more uh, or way cooler than a car, <laughs> right? Like cars um, don't heal, you know, like yeah, something goes wrong with a car. You don't, if you, it, time doesn't make it better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a tire's not going to regenerate yet, but uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what Elon's got on the on the docket. That's exactly but, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Bo, man, this has been fantastic. What uh, if somebody wanted to learn more about you? And like, if you're listening to this podcast, I would I would thoroughly recommend that you. And you're looking for a coach or a trainer. Um, I would thoroughly recommend that you do. Um, what would be some um interesting or what would be some good ways and direct ways that people can uh get in touch with you? So, I mean, Instagram is obviously the best way. Um, I do have a, a sub stack that I regrettably have, have not been giving the attention that it deserves. Um, but there are some still some pretty good articles there. Um, that's at stancilfit.com. But Instagram is primarily where I share my thoughts and like philosophy about my training and uh, where you can, it's easiest to get in touch, uh, touch with me. Um, cool. It's just, you know, stancilfit on Instagram, you know, yep. pretty, pretty straightforward there. That's where I share most of my stuff. Cool. So, yeah. Bo, man, thank you so much for here for uh, for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, it's refreshing to hear um, when there's such an alignment in healthcare and fitness and wellness all kind of like coalescing all together. So keep finding a good fight, man, and uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll chat soon. All right, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.